It's August 23rd. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. Grab your maps, folks, because we are going around the globe this morning with six mini briefs all focused on developing news that is shaping America and the world. First up, we head to Ukraine with its northern neighbor, Belarus, and that is because the Biden White House is telling Americans to leave that country, Belarus, immediately. Second, we head to the South China Sea, where there is a standoff that could involve a direct confrontation between the United States and Chinese forces. Third, we head to the African country of Zambia, where we've got a mysterious plane full of gold, cash, guns, and some very swarthy characters from places like Egypt. Fourth, we come back to the United States for a stop in Michigan, where we are going to discuss a very intriguing battery. It's all part of my ongoing series on dirty green energy. Fifth, we head to New York City, where researchers have discovered a possible connection between Parkinson's disease and the gut. Finally, we are going to talk about how America's entire spy network might be compromised. I'll give you a hint now as to why it is about spooky action at a distance. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. Tonight, some of you might be watching the first Republican primary debate, and amongst the topics that is supposed to be discussed is Ukraine. And very good reason for that. America has issued $66 billion in debt to finance that war, and it's not going very well. Ukraine's counteroffensive is sputtering over 200,000 dead or injured Ukrainian fighters. And Russia, they are dug in in both the south and east of the country. But it's actually the northern part of Ukraine that deserves our attention this morning. So looking at our maps on our phones or computers or in our minds, I want you to look just north of the capital city of Kiev. You will see the country of Belarus. And we spoke about this country back on June 14th, if you missed that brief. But to refresh our memories, it's effectively a part of Russia. And that's because Belarus is a country that is utterly dependent on Moscow by, well, and for a lot of things. And it is, well, led by a longtime dictator, a guy named President Lukashenko, very good buddy of Vladimir Putin. Well, back in June, we talked about how this country is now proudly hosting some of Russia's nuclear arsenal, somewhere between 10 and 50 weapons, which were moved there this summer. Well, on Monday of this week, something happened in the Belarusian capital of Minsk. And here it is. The U.S. Embassy and the U.S. State Department issued an emergency call for all U.S. citizens to leave that country immediately. And they cited a growing buildup of Russian troops who have, in fact, been positioning themselves in Belarus for the past month or so. Plus, the State Department highlighted random detention of foreigners and the arbitrary enforcement of local laws. The U.S. Embassy also noted that U.S. citizens should not rely on the U.S. government for any assistance of any kind moving forward. Well, in response to that emergency declaration, people of all nationalities are now trying to get out, but they're not able to, at least in most cases. A growing number of land routes out of that country are being shut, including to Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, and that is leaving airlines as the only option for most people to get out. But flights are now running upwards of $10,000 a ticket to get out if you can get one. So what exactly is going on over there? You know, this emergency evacuation order. Well, there's a lot of rumor going around, but when U.S. embassies usually issue these kinds of warnings, 
It generally means that the U.S. or allied intelligence services have learned of impending attacks or unrest or invasions. And given the buildup of Russian troops, it is possible that we could see a new Russian push to take the Ukrainian capital of Kiev or some of the northern territory of Ukraine closest to Belarus. The other possibility, and I pray to God that this is not true. Well, to understand it, grab your maps and look at something or for something called the Suvolki Gap. It's a little strip of land with a very big role in international affairs. Right? It connects a Russian enclave called Kaliningrad on the Baltic Sea. Well, first, this little strip goes to Belarus and then, effectively, to Russia. Well, it's possible that Russian troops are building up in Belarus to take and occupy that gap. And if that were true, and by doing so, well, that would cut off the Baltic nations from Europe. But to be clear, we're talking about a direct Russian attack on NATO countries. So, World War III, in other words. And that is why we should put this development of U.S. Embassy evacuation orders on our radars. And you might want to do a little bit of digging on that Suvaki gap. Might come in handy over the next couple of weeks. More to come. With that, we turn to our second report of the morning. Folks, we are now off to the South China Sea for a bit of news. And if you're looking at your maps, I want you to find something called the Second Thomas Shoal. So looking very closely, it is part of the Spratly Islands with Vietnam, you will see that far off to the west, and the Philippines will be a little bit closer to the east. Well, the second Thomas Shoal, it is heating up this morning with some very serious implications for the U.S. military. And here's why, with a little bit of history. About 25 years ago, the Philippines ran a ship aground on that shoal on purpose in order to stake its claim. That was the best that they could do, as others around the area, like China, were saying, no, that that shoal is ours. Well, ever since they ran that ship aground, they have garrisoned a small detachment of Marines to guard their claim. Well, on August 5th, the Philippine government sent a resupply ship to those Marines, as they have every month for years now. But this time, China decided to, well, create some trouble. They blasted two of the supply ships with a, well, a series of water cannons, forcing one of those ships to retreat. Well, the government in Manila, as you would expect, they protested. Beijing, in response, came up with a, well, pretty lame excuse, actually, saying that, in fact, there was an agreement that the grounded Philippine ship, well, that's supposed to be removed. To which the Philippine president, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., said, well, stuff it. Now, that's not exactly what he said. He said, quote, if there does exist such an agreement, I hereby rescinded that agreement as of now, end quote. Mr. Marcos then promised to send back another supply boat, and he did yesterday. China is now vowing to respond with some vague threats as of this morning. But given that their last response was a little bit uh, well, escalatory in nature with water cannons, plus some lasers that temporarily blinded the Marines, well, we should be watching it now question is, what should we call what happened just a few days ago, this escalatory action by China? Because if the U.S. government calls it, or something like it, an armed attack, well, that means that our mutual defense treaty with Manila will kick in, and we have a crisis, because we have to respond with, say, U.S. naval vessels to perhaps start providing protection for those Philippine resupply ships. And if that happens, then whew, we are really off to the races with a potential conflict with China. 
So that is why this is on my radar this morning, that second Thomas Scholl. And now it's on your radar too. More to come. With that, we turn to our third brief of the morning. Grab those maps again, because now we are off to Africa, to the beautiful country of Zambia. Now, to find this place, I want you to look just south of the Congo, just north of Botswana, west of Zimbabwe, and east of Angola. And those countries will become important in just a second. But first, the reason that we are in Zambia this morning is because of a very mysterious plane. On August 14th, Zambian officials boarded a plane at the international airport just outside of the capital city of Lusaka. On that plane was $5 million in cash, bags of gold, guns, and 10 people from five countries, including an Egyptian military officer, quite senior, actually. Now, interestingly, the gold wasn't just gold. There was a lot of zinc and copper and nickel mixed in for good measure. Well, nevertheless, the Zambians arrested everybody on board, and after that, things have gone oddly quiet. Okay, so what is this all about? Nobody's saying much, unfortunately, and that includes the Egyptian journalist who actually broke this story. You see, the plane had originated in Egypt, where this journalist learned of it, and then after he published his story, he was arrested in Cairo. Now, I will say that we are learning a few more odd facts about this story, including the plane itself. It's been traveling throughout the Middle East with recent stops in Dubai, Tel Aviv, Cairo, and the Libyan cities of Benghazi and Tripoli. And those stops in Libya could be a clue for us. And we'll start with something that you might not know. Zambia has a long history of serving as a, well, a logistics hub and a home base for rebels of all sorts during all kinds of African civil wars, including those nearby countries of Zimbabwe, Angola, and the Congo. So it is possible that this plane and those passengers and their booty of gold and cash, well, they could be involved in the Libyan civil war, probably supporting the rebels in Benghazi. It's also possible that some very rich people in Egypt are using this plane as a way to ferry their money and gold out of their country because things are getting a little bit dicey in Cairo these days under the current president. But either way, this story has been trending number one on Egyptian social media platforms with all kinds of rumors and gossip. But for our purposes, it's worth putting on our radars because of Zambia being a major supplier of the world's copper and Libya which is a critical supplier of oil to Europe, which in turn affects the price we pay at the pump. So that is why I am putting this plane on my radar, no pun intended, and why you should put it on yours as well. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, no ads for you this morning. Plus, don't forget all those great transcripts of the morning's report with all the hyperlinks to the sources for the facts and data that I've presented. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, do enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners, remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or service, then I do not endorse it. We'll be right back. Folks, if there were ever a product that you should consider, man, this is it. Jace Medical. They provide an emergency supply of prescriptions and antibiotics. And here's why you should consider them. As listeners know, I have spoken about how China and India control most of our prescription drugs, including antibiotics. Well, what happens if a war should break out over, say, Taiwan or maybe a pandemic again? 
Well, we all know what happens. Our supplies of critical products get interrupted. And that is not acceptable if your life depends on it. So that is why I am proud to tell you about JaceMedical.com. And here's how it works. You fill out a simple form at JASEMedical.com. Then you speak with a board-certified physician. And within days, your order arrives at your home for emergency use. And I'll tell you, this is not for casual use, folks. Talk to your normal doctors for sniffles and such. This is for emergency use, with potency lasting for years, should the worst ever come. So, friends, go to jacemedical.com, enter promo code RIGHT, that is W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get a discounted order. Again, that is promo code RIGHT at jasemedical.com. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue our briefs this morning with more radar stories from around the world. And for these next three folks, we are going to head home to the United States, landing in the state of Michigan first. And we are going to go to the modest town of Van Buren that is just south and east of Ann Arbor. And we are headed there for some dirty green energy. But it is some potentially good news that could make batteries a little less dirty. So to refresh our memories, last Thursday, August 17th, I did a deep dive into batteries and we used an analogy about bread, talking about how there are different kinds of breads with different ingredients like white and wheat and sourdough for different uh, tastes and textures. Well, that is somewhat similar to battery chemistries, right? Different uses for different users. But unfortunately, most all modern batteries come with ingredients or chemistries that have pretty serious deficiencies. For instance, the common battery in cars or EVs, those use a ton of cobalt and nickel. And that is really bad because America has neither of those minerals in abundance, nor do we have any refineries for them. And that means that we have to lean on countries like the Congo or Indonesia to include child miners that deliver the stuff to us. Well, that is obviously awful and very dirty green, but some potentially good news to put on our radars about these batteries because a battery company says that they have come up with a, well, new set of very special ingredients or a recipe to solve this battery crisis. The Michigan company called Our Next Energy or One Energy, they've come up with a special lithium iron phosphate battery or LFP. So as listeners know from last week, that is not necessarily a new chemistry. In fact, it was invented in the United States. And it's been long known to have some pretty good stuff associated with it. For instance, no dirty cobalt or nickel required. Also, it lasts longer and it's a lot safer. It doesn't burn or explode as easily. Sadly, though, the LFP technology, it's not what they call energy dense, meaning that these batteries tend to be pretty big and pretty heavy. And that is very bad for consumer products like EVs, which need things that are smaller, lighter. Well, this Michigan company thinks it's cracked the case. It has found a new LFP recipe to address this issue. The battery is called the Ares 2. It's a battery that is almost as energy dense or powerful as those cobalt nickel batteries. Plus, it costs about 25% less because there's none of that expensive nickel or cobalt. Now, of course, this does not mean that, well, we've addressed all the issues with dirty green energy that we talked about last week. But it's a promising start to address one of the many concerns. And that is why this news deserves to be on your radar. Even if the 
entire industry is still very dirty green. More to come. With that, we turn to our fifth report of the morning. From Michigan, we head off to New York City, where researchers at Columbia University have come up with something that we should definitely put on our radar. And this one, I tell you, is important for any of us who have ever dealt with Parkinson's disease or love someone who has. And here's the good news. The key to managing or preventing Parkinson's might be in the gut. So here's what we know, starting with this. Neurologists will tell you that Parkinson's is a disease of the brain, and they're right. There's a loss of what are called neurons in a region of the brain that helps control movement. But for over 20 years, doctors and scientists have wondered where and exactly how this brain disease starts. And there's growing evidence that actually it might all start in the gut. And that's because Parkinson's patients widely report that years before they experience neurological symptoms, they start having increasing amounts of constipation and other GI issues. And so doctors have wondered, hmm, perhaps something goes haywire in the gut first, probably involving neurons or cells. And it's then probably that the immune system is trying to attack some of the gunk on that gut neuron. It's called alpha-synuclein. But then as the immune system is getting all fired up and attacking that gunk in the gut, it just can't calm down. It just wants to keep fighting, going bonkers, starting to attack stuff that it shouldn't or with an intensity that it shouldn't. Doctors generally refer to this kind of reaction as an autoimmune reaction or disorder. So researchers at Columbia University decided to put this theory to the test, that the immune system first starts going bonkers in the gut, learning how to fight these cells and that gunk, and then the immune system deploys its troops throughout the body to find more of the gunk. And the troops, they end up in the brain, and they start attacking it, causing the neurological symptoms that we see in Parkinson's. So using that theory, they used some mice. Poor Mickey and Minnie, thank you for your service. And after studying them, they found that, yes, in the gut of these special mice, the immune system started to attack the neurons and cause constipation, just like our Parkinson's patients. So the next step is to research how or whether the sort of bonkers immune system in these mice, how does that eventually then get into the brain, crossing the blood-brain barrier, well, as the mice ages, probably, just like in Parkinson's patients. And if so, well, ultimately, folks, that means that doctors might be able to slow or stop Parkinson's disease in the gut before it ever reaches the brain. And I tell you, would that not be a blessing? So put that research on your radars and those researchers in your prayers. More to come. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, well, we've got one more thing to talk about before I let you go. And this next one, oh, it's good. Talking about spies. We'll be right back. Folks, if you're looking to diversify your investments, I have something for you to consider. It's called Masterworks. And here's what they do. They purchase modern art by famous creators like Picasso, and then they qualify it with the SEC and sell shares of that art to investors like us. Now, eventually, they sell that piece of art. It's called an exit. And then investors like you and me, we get a portion of the sale. And their record, it's pretty darn impressive. Last month, they had exits with returns of 10 to 35%. Now, this concept is relatively new, but not to the 780,000 members who have joined and invested. 
Meanwhile, Masterworks has also been written up in Forbes and Financial Times. And I'll tell you, read those articles because I did. And I decided that for my long-term investments, Masterworks fits. Now, will that be the case for you? Well, here's how you decide. Go to masterworks.art slash write report and you will get priority access for a personal interview with the staff and they will help you decide if Masterworks fits for you. So again, go to masterworks.art slash write report. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. And as you sign up for that interview, you can also read through their disclosures. Good stuff there at masterworks.art slash CD. So all in all, folks, I think that you will be impressed with Masterworks and what they offer to investors. So again, go to masterworks.art slash write report, because at the end of the day, I think you will be glad you did. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. I've got a question for you today prompted by one of my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. So this writer, this wonderful listener, his name is Leroy, which is a baby name that needs to come back. But anyway, Leroy, he wrote in from north of Pittsburgh and he said, uh, well, Brian, I have seen reports about quantum computing and what that means for the world of espionage. (laughs) Leroy, I got your message and I got to be honest with you. I don't know how or where you found that, but yes, I'm following this issue because it is a huge deal, but normally only spies and geeks follow this. So whichever of those you are, I love you, man. All right, Leroy, let's tell everybody about this issue. Put it on their radars and tell them why they should care. And just to emphasize, this is a big deal because it's sort of like a plot to a movie, right? The entire network of America's spies and informants will be compromised if we don't handle this right. So here we go. To understand this threat, we need to understand just a little bit of physics. But don't worry, I'm going to keep this very simple. And let's start with a fun thought experiment. Let's say that you are walking or driving down a road and you see a healthy tree. Well, we would say that you and that tree are both alive and exist. And you're moving on your feet or in your car and the tree is swaying in the breeze. Okay, pretty simple stuff, right? In the world of physics, we would call that classic physics. It's the stuff of Sir Isaac Newton, where we see or study movement and interactions of stuff at everyday sizes and everyday speeds. Well, over the past 150 years, give or take, there has been a new type of physics. It's about the small stuff, the stuff that happens at the atomic level with atoms and electrons and photons and other stuff that can, well, get really confusing for most of us. Actually, even Albert Einstein. More on that in a second. Well, as it turns out, the stuff that happens on the smallest of scales is super weird, like mind-blowingly weird. This field of study involves something called quantum mechanics. Let me explain in very simple terms how it gets super weird. 
So getting back to our thought experiment, when you're walking or driving down the road and you see the tree, it either exists or it doesn't, right? Yeah. But on the atomic level, that's not how it works. That tree may or may not exist. We can only say that it might exist and give it a probability of existing. All right, well, that's weird and super confusing. So if you want to dig into this, and you should, I've got a great link in today's transcripts to a PBS series on it. It's about an hour-long segment, and it is very well done. But here's the point for our purposes. There's a concept called quantum entanglement. And to help us understand it and how this whole thing connects to, the, to America's spies, I want us to imagine that we have twins, right? We're driving on that road. We see the tree. Well, we see one of the twins. His name is Dallas, Texas. And the other twin is in Paris, France. Well, then you stop your car, you get out. And for some reason, you smack Dallas right in the face. And at that same exact moment, the twin in Paris, he feels it. Well, wait a minute. How did that happen? Because you were right there. Dallas did not call Paris. There's no cord between them. No video conference that connects them. Well, in the world of twins, you know, some of us have heard this idea that there's some sort of special connection. They just know somehow. Well, some of us might roll our eyes at that and say, oh yeah, boy, right. But here's the thing. That impossible connection, that is exactly what happens at the atomic level. You can separate what are called two quantum particles and put one in Paris and the other in Dallas, and they will know what happens to the other instantaneously. How does that happen? Nobody knows. About 100 years ago, Albert Einstein called this spooky action at a distance, and he didn't understand it. But spooky or not, it's real. It has been tested now for over 100 years, and though we don't know exactly how it works, it does. It is how the tiny world of quantum stuff actually functions. So with that as a very light background into the world of quantum things, where this tiny magic world happens every day in the most bizarre of ways that we just never see, well, imagine if you could somehow harness the power, that weirdness, and use it for, say, computers. Well... People are working on that, and it is called quantum computing. And we are not going to get into the weeds of how that works, but instead, I want us to focus on the key takeaway. It's this. These quantum computers, once they are created, they would be unimaginably powerful. They could store and process information at a speed and volume that is almost too hard to understand. It would change the world. Human history would never be the same. And... One of the things that would change is encryption, which, of course, is the, the process of scrambling information like your emails or your electronic bank records. Well, you scramble them in such a way that it is virtually impossible for anybody to unscramble them unless you have a quantum computer. You could unscramble or decrypt that stuff in a second or less, and that would be bad, especially for spies. And here's why. So let's say that I am in Pakistan, God forbid, and I'm meeting with one of my CIA informants or assets, and then I send the results of that meeting in a secret encrypted message to Washington, D.C. about all the information I learned, the intelligence that I got that helps guide the nation. Well, if intercepted as of right now, that encrypted information is useless 
right? Even if, say, China or Russia got it, they cannot break the encryption unless they have a quantum computer. And if they do, and if they get it first, human history changes. Yes, that's true. But they can immediately crack the code to virtually every single clandestine source and network that the United States has on the books. Well, that is the fear of the U.S. government and agencies like the NSA and CIA. And on Monday, as Leroy probably saw, those agencies talked about it. Or, well, actually, they issued a fact sheet that says that they are exploring, quote, post-quantum cryptography. So to translate that, it means that they're trying to plan for the day that none of our encryption systems work anymore. And God forbid the Russians or the Chinese get there first. And to underline what a big deal this is, not only would it expose and ruin our entire clandestine network, it would also compromise all of our computer systems, including those running our nuclear launch systems. So, Leroy, I'm tracking that. It is a big deal that we should all be tracking because it is like a plot to a movie that if we are not writing that plot, it's a bad deal. It's a game changer, a world turned upside down by whoever possesses that quantum technology. One good piece of news, though. I am absolutely sure this morning that Joe Biden, he is on it right after he wakes up from one of his naps. Okay, that was sassy. I apologize. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. If you would like to ask me one of your questions on the podcast, super easy to do. Just go to writereport.substack.com, sign up, choose the option that is best for your budget, as low as $6 a month, and then shoot me a note. Plus, once you sign up, you get to enjoy a daily ad-free podcast and get that daily transcript. You will also be helping me to build this podcast and share the daily news with more people. As ever, thanks for considering. And as always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. You're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.